Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. The theme for today's show, Dan, and we're starting off the new year, is that perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Today, there's enormous fear in America over the Syrian refugee crisis, the potential for uh, terrorists to be infiltrated among refugees, and um, it's become part of our presidential political debate, what to do about refugees, what to do about immigration. Our guest today is Steve Haas from World Vision, one of the foremost Christian organizations doing humanitarian work and working in Syria. Steve has an interesting title as Chief Catalyst, and Steve, you'll have to tell us what that means. Welcome to Freedom's Ring. Thanks. It's so good to be with you. So you're working in Syria or coordinating the work in Syria? Explain. We actually work in a, kind of all the caller countries around Syria. We also have some work in Syria, but the, the bulk of our work is in Lebanon, Jordan, Iraq. And now, of course, because of the what people are calling the refugee road, as many are finding just the, the situation outside their own country untenable, they're making their way toward Europe. So Bosnia, Turkey, uh, these are places in which we've set up shop to try and provide the resources that are desperately needed for these folks on the run. What sorts of resources is World Vision providing for the refugees? Well, it really depends on the country that uh, we're, we're dealing with. If, if we were in Lebanon and in Jordan right now, um, this would be distributing personal and household supplies, clean water and sanitation. I mean, it's often the things you don't think about. Uh, what happens when you have these large mobile populations suddenly dropping in? And when I say large mobile populations, just in Lebanon alone, keep in mind there are four million people who live there in the last four years and in about a million five, about a million and a half uh, Syrian refugees into their own country. And so these people suddenly are just coming across the border, no sanitation, no education, no household supplies. Many of them are, have been stripped bare of whatever little monies that they had, any artifacts that they could have brought across the border due to this very difficult and dangerous transit. And so here they are. Uh, you know, you want to talk about instant community. So we provide a lot of the, the basic support, critical food items, hygiene support. Uh, and, and, and then because we're child-focused, uh, child-friendly spaces, uh, places where kids can come and unpack some of the trauma and horror that they've seen in a place that's bright and cheery and gives them educational support. So, again, what are the needs? Uh, what would make life tenable for these millions of people that are coming across the border? Before we started the show, you were telling me about how uh, the love and compassion being shown through World Vision's ministry has really helped to change hearts and minds. And, you know, recalling President Bush's uh, comments about, you know, the battle for hearts and minds. Um, can you explain how that works? Well, I think 
uh, obviously, being a U.S. citizen and traveling in and out of this country, um, I'm also aware of a tremendous level of fear of the outsider, the the sojourner, the stranger, the quote-unquote stranger in our midst, and uh, views of that individual. And what do they, do they mean as good or do they mean as ill? Are they a contributor? Or are they going to take away, uh, even take away my precious freedoms? Well, the interesting part is when I travel often into these refugee areas, there's the same kinds of fear and foreboding of many of them toward the outside world. And much of that is from uh, leaders that they've sometimes been forced to listen to, or that was the only way in which they had information coming in uh, from their outside world into their community or enclave. And so, how do we begin to change so that they get the reality or the spirit of who these people are who are receiving them? And so we have found just in our compassionate response, we're very plain who we are. Uh, we're certainly motivated by our faith. Uh, we let that be known, and we just go to work. And so, and it could be, I was just in Lebanon with a uh, a family that has found themselves in very, very difficult circumstances with uh uh, funding that is running low. They've, they literally are about two thousand dollars in arrears in in terms of even providing for rent for a piece of uh, farmland that they've plopped their piece of plastic on. A father with six children, and just to know that this is a group that's helping you with your water, your sanitation. This is a group that's helping you pay for some of your groceries, and suddenly this man's heart is so open to us and so open to sharing what little he has with us and really having no way to adequately express the joy he feels in his heart to be able to be in community with us. And again, what did we do? We just found out what his need was, and we provided for him with an eye toward the future. So translate this uh, to the American fear that if we allow refugees from that part of the world into our country, inevitably uh, there are going to be among them those who wish us harm, those who are infiltrating the refugee process as terrorists. Um, what do you say to folks who are afraid? Well, I first think it's, it's ridiculous to not um, uh, certainly make a statement about fear uh, and to, to simply say that that fear is real. Um, certainly to look at any of our television programs or news agencies and what's being churned out as to what's happening there, uh, certainly as these enemy combatants come in and do acts of barbarism, um, this creates fear in the heart. And so I would also say that's very fear-producing. At the same time, I'd also want to be the first one to say that the vast majority, and when we talk about refugees, we're talking about 12 million Syrians who have fled their homes. If we're just taking a look at Syria alone, and this is part of a much larger conversation about refugees, some 60 million refugees, literally more refugees than really any other time in recorded history. But this one country, Syria, is found itself embroiled with 12 million, over half their population on the run, either internally or externally. And they're running from the very turmoil that causes us fear. So I'm for, actually, uh, governments or agencies that want to take particular care in vetting and making sure that any individuals that are going into any country, whether it be countries in Europe or, or our own nation, who are being careful to make sure that these people are not enemy combatants. These are moms and dads. These are 
family members who don't mean ill toward anyone. They're running from the terrorists. And so the way in which we vet and the way in which we do that, I've actually been in awe of what our country has set up uh, to try and make sure that whoever's coming into this country is safe. And I think there's obviously a lot of information out there that one can go to that would vouchsafe some of this information I'm sharing. You know, Steve, you're probably the first person I've spoken to who has some direct knowledge of how the vetting process works. You know, we're in a very polarized political climate. And on one side, there is deep political suspicion of anything connected with the Obama administration. And so, you know, many Christians are just sort of knee-jerk suspicious that this administration is competent to vet the refugees. Um, And, you know, I want to cut through that sort of uh, presumption and just ask. I mean, it seems to me that we should be quite capable of balancing our reasonable security interests with compassion for the refugees in a competent vetting process. Well, and the fact is we've been doing this vetting process over various administrations. So this isn't necessarily so much a political issue as it is just an issue of is the vetting adequate? Um, Are we getting the information we need? Um, And again, what I'm very quick to say regularly is can we get our minds and hearts on the significant issue? And the significant issue is not 10,000 folks coming to this country. The significant issue is the 97, 98% that are currently in a situation that if not provided for, actually creates only more problems and more problems that as a nation that is involved in these issues is going to get engaged in. And so how do we help those people there? Most of the refugees I talk to are not looking to go to Europe. They're not looking to go to the United States. They want to go home. They, they want to go home. I mean, you got to ask. Yeah, I got to ask this, the serious question: Why would a why would a mom and a dad who can't swim put their kids in a plastic raft filled to overflowing so that there's really only about six inches between the water line and where that boat begins to take in water? Why would a mom and a dad who care for their kids like you and I care for ours? Why would they put them on a boat? to go in an uncertain direction into dark water at night. Why would they do that? Except that the land had become untenable. The place where they were leaving was so bad that they were willing to risk their lives to do this. And this is the mass amount of people we're talking about. So how do I keep them from getting into that boat? How do I keep them in a place so that when peace comes, and let's just all admit, at some point, it's got to come. I don't know how it's going to happen. That's not my that's not my role. That's not your role. Sure. But I can take care of the refugee. I can take care of the person who has found themselves in this horrible situation. And there are great things I can do to literally turn the tide on attitude, but more than that, save a life, potentially, because we are dealing increasingly with life and death situations in light of the lack of funding, lack of resources, and where these people are having to exist. Sure. You know, Steve, I think about this from a Christian standpoint. Our show is is heard on Christian radio. Many of our listeners uh, presumably identify as Christian. Uh, Jesus took some risks for us. You know, our fears, some of our fears may be rational, but that doesn't mean that they drive us. Um, If we're not willing to set aside our own fears 
in order to show love and compassion and reach out to those in need, then I don't know if we can call ourselves Christians. And if we aspire as a nation to represent Christian ideals, then that has to be the kind of policy that we pursue as a nation. But those are political issues. We just have about a minute or so left. What would you ask our listeners to consider doing to make a difference? I think there's a number of ways. Uh, One, let's all make sure that we're really informed. Uh, Again, if our information is coming from one source and it is simply churning up fear inside us, then as followers of Jesus, is that really tenable? Um, Is that really the way we're supposed to live? And I, I have found just even getting information begins to ratchet back my fear so that instead of fear, I'm operating more in faith. Uh, and it's certainly feeling that sense that I'm walking the way Jesus would have me walk. So one is just getting more information, and, and you can learn a ton by getting on worldvision.org. Uh, we've got a lot of information there for people to get their hands on and begin to read through stories, videos, understand more about the situation. Um, if one wanted to volunteer and you know basically become a resource to their community, We Welcome Refugees is a great link for people to engage with. And then if people said, you know, hey, I want my church to engage with me. It's not just enough that I do this. How can I get my church to engage? Again, there are refugee Sundays uh, being done all over the country. And again, you can get that at worldvision.org quite easily and get just a boatload of information that helps you become a responder in faith rather than a refuge, a refugee of fear. Uh, And again, we've, we've got in many ways... We've got to show the better side. Steve, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. I'm delighted to have you on the show today and to encourage a compassionate response to the refugee crisis. Steve Haas from World Vision. As we close, we want to remind our listeners at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We offer help to those suffering religious discrimination. You can check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.